good morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Go ahead and find your seats for a moment. I'm going to continue in this series that we started a few weeks ago called Open Heaven. I'm so excited about what God is doing in my life through the Word of God, through this series. You know what? All of us want to be at a place where the windows of heaven are open over us. Amen? I don't know who doesn't want that, where, where the blessings of God are rich over our lives, over our family, over our finances, over our kids. Amen? Right. I want it to be that I have access to the throne of God. When God, I speak to him, when I talk to him, answers come. You know what? I want to see miracles. How many want to see miracles? If you're here today, I want you to know this church still believes that the Bible has miracles for the believer. Amen? The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Great things happen. I'm a believer. In his name, we're going to see great things happen. I believe it. So I'm under an open heaven. I've got access to all the resources of heaven today. And I I pray today that you are experiencing the open heavens over your life. I've had people tell me some of the things that God's doing. And maybe next week, we'll have a couple of testimonies about what God is doing We've been praying this prayer. Anyone praying this prayer? We've been praying this prayer on a daily basis, hopefully, or at least many times during the week. If you don't have one of these in the lobby as you walk out, you can take your copies. You have your personal copy with you, so you can pray this. Also, before I get started too far, if you don't have a handout or you'd like to have the digital form of today's message, you can go to the Version Bible. And you can go to events, and you can open up the events, and it should have Life Church right there. You can follow today's notes in your YouVersion Bible, okay? And that prayer um, is there somewhere. <laughs> Amen? So, uh, praise God. In fact, before we go too far, I think it's good every Sunday in this service, series that we pray this prayer together. Can we put that prayer on the screen real quick? Let's everybody stand. We're going to pray this. This is reading words off the screens, but let's make this our prayer today. Many of you have prayed it. As you pray it enough times, you start to know what it's saying, and maybe it starts to become a part of who you are. But let's begin to pray this together. On the authority of the word of God and through the power of the name of Jesus, since I have given, your word says, it shall be given unto me pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither, and I am a giver. I bring my tithes and offerings into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You will pour out your blessings upon me that there is not room enough to receive it. I will receive jobs and promotions, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, 
estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts dismissed, buildings and property. And, and before we go any further, we've seen God do some of that since we started praying that prayer. We've seen some great things that God's been doing in our families and in our lives and in our finances since we started praying. Let's continue. I pray for an open heaven over my family. My greatest desire is that my whole family will be saved and walking with God in perfect health, abundance, and walking in his divine favor and blessing. I pray that they will dedicate their lives completely to God and the work of his kingdom. I pray for an open heaven over Life Church and over every individual and ministry. Pour out your anointing upon everything we do for your kingdom and keep us unified for the cause of revival in Burlington and its surrounding cities. Your word tells me that I am blessed going in, I am blessed going out, and everything I do will prosper. I pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. And it is so. Let's thank God for the word of God and for this prayer that we pray right now. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for the open heaven, God. I thank you for the open heaven, God, over this church, God, over, over these families, God, over these individuals. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you for the open heaven over my life. Everybody said in Jesus' name. God bless you as, as you're seated. This is part three of a four-part series. And I've, you know, since I've been here, I have never, ever preached this series ever. I've never preached it before in my life. It's, it's new to me. Um, I, I was at a conference in, in Louisiana in the month of January, and, and Pastor Anthony Mangan, many of you know who that is, he recommended a book, and this book has just opened my mind to what God wants to do through us in the area of our finances. Now, you say, well, you're coming to church today. Some of you are first time. We don't talk about money all the time. Just, just so you know, if you're a first time guest, this is not normal, okay? But, but we're not talking just about money today. And we're going to see that in the Word of God. The Word of God has great promises to those who are givers. Everybody say givers. And it's not just being a giver in money. The Bible talks about us giving with our time. Everybody say time. Bible talks about us giving with our talent. Everybody say talent. talent. You might think you don't have any talents, but you have them. And God wants to use them for his kingdom and for his glory. I, Sister Carrie was up here a moment ago. She's not necessarily a singer. I'm sure she can sing. Her daughter's the singer in the family. Um, she, she's, you know, got a lot of great talents that are unique. She could hide and keep all those things to herself. But no, she gives that to the kingdom of God. She takes her time. Sometimes she's here days on end making sure that we get a new set design for, for it to look good on Sunday. That's giving of your time. Giving any, every one of you that serve in any ministry, the time that you spend, that's giving of your time. We want to be givers. When we're givers of our time, when we're givers of our talent, when we're giving of our treasure, 
That's where the finances part comes in. The Bible says there's great, great blessings associated with it. Uh, jump, jumping into the Word of God today, we're going to look at the first in your notes. It's the law of giving. 2 Corinthians is one of those great chapters that highlights the power of giving. It highlights the blessings of giving. And we're not just talking about money here. Genesis, or, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 um, we're not going to read the first five verses, but here, just to kind of give you a snapshot of what's happening in these verses, the Apostle Paul, he, he's writing to the church at Corinth. It's the, the Corinthian letter. It's the second letter to the church at Corinth. And in chapter 9, he's, he's reminding them that, that they promised to, to send some money to the church at Macedonia, okay? So the first part of this chapter, he's saying, hey, don't, don't forget that you promised to send some money to the suffering church in Macedonia. I'm getting ready to send some people to you, some helpers of mine, to come. They're going to collect the money from you. And basically what he says is, don't embarrass me in this process. And don't embarrass yourself because I've been bragging all around the countryside to all the churches about what you've said you're going to do. Do you ever make a promise and then not really want to come through on it when it was time to, yeah, you probably have some friends that do that sometimes too. Paul was writing to this church saying, you've made these kind of great grand promises. Now we're going to come and collect the offering so we can take it to the church at Macedonia. Don't embarrass you and don't embarrass me because I've been bragging about you. Okay. So he, he, he's writing down and, and then he gets to verse six, second Corinthians nine and six. This is one of the most basic laws of giving. Now, church, I, I want to tell you something before I go any further. Th th this, this message today, this series, is not necessarily the easiest series for a pastor to preach. Because everybody thinks the pastor's out for money. You know, those churches, they're all about... No, no, no. Th I, I want you to get that out of your mind today. Because I believe if you would put into practice some of these truths in God's word, you will reap the benefits in your life, your family, your finances, in, in, in the miraculous. I believe God's going to do it. God is doing it. Amen? So I, I want you to take some time today and, and, and just kind of follow with me. Paul teaches some great powerful truths about giving here. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, but, I say, but this I say, he who sows sparingly. Everybody say sparingly. sparingly. You know what that means? A little. You, you, you don't talk so in a stingy fashion. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You, you just sow just a little tiny bit, just on a stingy way. If you sow sparingly, you will also reap sparingly. This is a law, church. This is the law of giving. If you sow in a stingy or little way, guess what? You're going to reap in a stingy or little way. But, and he who sows bountifully... What's bountifully mean? With much, with, with the lots. You're, you're, you're sowing in a generous force, portion, in a generous way. 
you will also reap bountifully. Is, is this hard to understand? It, it's pretty simple. I think you could teach that to like a, a, a third grader and they'd get it. But so often, and I, I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching to me and all of us. Too often, we've read this, we've heard this, we, we've had it preached to us, but we don't practice it. The words of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, basically said the exact same thing. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. The Word of God says, read this with me. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This is the words of Jesus. Everybody say the words of Jesus. He's saying, give, and it shall be given unto you. Okay, look at that verse. Where do you see money in that verse? It's not there. It's just a law. It's a principle in the word of God. It's one of those things that it's, it's always going to happen this way if you do this or you do that. If you give, it shall be given unto you. In context, we're just pulling this one verse out. But, but if you look back, if you got your Bible there, we're not going to put this on the screen, but if you look back a couple of verses in verse 35 and 36, he's talking about loving He's talking about doing good to one another. He's talking about giving mercy, being merciful. That's in verse 35 and 36. Let's read verse 37 together. He's talking about judging. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So here's a point in, in your notes today. I want you to make sure you get this. Point number one. The law of giving is not restricted to money. Everybody say, it's not all about money. This is a giving law. There's no money found in these verses. When we give, whatever you give, the Bible says it's going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over, it's going to come back to you. In the same measure that you measure it out, that's the measure that's coming back to you. Think about all the good things that you want to come your way. I want people to love me. I want people to be kind to me. I want people to show mercy if I need mercy. Church, we got to make sure that we're giving it. There may come a day that you need mercy. I want to make sure that I'm showing mercy and I'm showing grace because if I'm giving it when I need it or my family needs it, it's coming back to me. But on the flip side, I can be mean-spirited. I can be grumpy all the time. I can be the judge at Life Church. I can be the condemner in chief. And if we're always the one that's always got a grudge about stuff and always got a, an attitude, guess what? When you need to have mercy, people are going to judge you. Because the same measure that you measure out what you're, what you're giving 
it's going to come back to you. So as you can see today, this is not all about money. It's a principle in the Word of God. Whatever you give, if you give mercy, when you need mercy, mercy is coming back to you at the same measure that you measured out mercy. Hallelujah. And if you were a judgmental, contemptuous, negative gossip, Come on now. I pray there's none of you in the building right now. But if that's who you are, if you're just always measuring that out, you're always the one. When you need to have someone be kind to you, when you need to have someone to love you and someone to show mercy to you, you're going to get back the same way you've given out. Y'all okay? All right. So, next point in your notes. Whatever you're giving, just whatever you are giving, you will reap that harvest. That's what the Word of God says. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, we, we read it already. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. I'm just going to give them a little bit of my love. No, we got we to love people. Will they hurt you? Yes, they'll hurt you. Will they let you down? Yes, they'll let you down. But I'm going to tell you what, love will come back to you many times over when you love. If you say, I'm not going to forgive them, well, don't forgive them then. But guess what? You're not going to be forgiven when it's time for you to get forgiven. But if you're willing to forgive, forgiveness comes back to you. A couple quick points here about right in this chapter. Um, Important guidelines for giving. Number one, Decide what you will give. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 from the New Living, it says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. You you have to decide. You can't decide for somebody else and they can't decide for you. You decide what you're going to give. Okay? It's between you and God. The second part of this verse says, and don't give reluctantly. Or in response to pressure. So so the next blank is don't give because of pressure. God's not looking for you to give where you feel pressure to give. Now we're talking finances here. This is is where he kind of zones in on the finances. He says don't give reluctantly because he's going to collect this offering. He's going to collect this, you know, grand offering that they promise. Don't give this offering out of reluctance. Or out of pressure? How many have ever given sometimes where you felt some pressure? Okay, don't, don't give if you're feeling pressure. That's not how God wants to receive from you. He just, know, he just wants you to know the principle. If, if you give bountifully, you receive bountifully. If you give sparingly, you'll receive sparingly. The third point in the guidelines for giving, give cheerfully. Everybody say cheerfully. For God loves a person who gives, what's it say? He loves the person who who gives and brings their offering, not out of pressure, not out of reluctance, not because they feel forced, but no, they they understand this principle in the word of God that if I give, I'm going to receive. I want to bless someone else because I want to be blessed. I want to meet someone else's need because when I have a need, I want someone to help meet my need. 
That's a principle in the word of God. You know, you know our hearts, you all think you got great hearts. I'm not talking about the one that beats. I'm talking about just who you are. Our hearts naturally are not cheerful givers. Kids learn pretty quick. You're probably two, three, four years old. They have something and they're trying to, you're trying to teach them to share it with, they, they don't want to give it. It's mine. And they hold it tight. And they get mad if you force them into sharing. Our, our hearts are prone to be a grudging heart. We're prone in the giving things to be a little grudging in our giving. So, so how do I turn from being a grudging giver to a cheerful giver? Well, I want to tell you today, what you need is you need God to transform your heart. Amen? It's not going to happen on your own. I want God to transform and work on my heart because I want to be a grateful child of God. I want to be a generous, I want to be an unselfish child of God because he's looking for a person and a people that are cheerful in their giving. Okay, we read that first part of the verse. The, the last point out of this verse is we will receive the promise of needs met and abundance to bless others. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8 says, and God is, what's it say? God is, I don't know if you believe that it is right now, and God is able. Stop right there. No, don't read any further. He's talked about giving here. Well, what if I give a little bit and I don't have enough for me? And No, no, no. Let's look what it says. It says, God is able. We first must believe in our faith walk that he is an able God. Do you believe God's able today? Do you believe God's able to meet every need that you have? It might be a grand need. It might be a small need. It might be something that no one even knows about. I want to tell someone in this congregation today, God is able. Shannon Marie is sitting down here today. She's a friend of Carrie's and some of the ladies at this church. Um, she, she had a situation in her life this past October where her son was broadsided on his way to school. And, and I don't remember all the details specifically, but he was in ICU in intensive care for coma for 28 days. This church prayed for Braden. Churches all over Ontario and around the world were praying for this young man. I want to tell someone today, it doesn't matter how big or how grand your situation is, God is able. Through prayer, he started moving hands and fingers and legs and toes. And, as, and in a very short time, in a, in a remarkable, miraculous fashion, God touched Braden. He walked out of that hospital. He went to rehab for a few weeks. He's now at home, back at school. He's going to graduate high school this year when it probably shouldn't happen. God is able. I don't know what trouble you're facing today. I don't know what need you brought to Life Church this morning. But I just want to tell you, 
those first few words of, of, of verse 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And God is able. What is he able to do? Let's read the verse. I know we can do whatever you need. Thank you. God is able to, yes, he is, Brother Harry, to bring us here. God is able, the verse says, to make grace abound. It's not just going to be a little bit of grace. It's abounding grace towards you. How often? Always. Praise God. He, he can do, he's going to make grace abound to you always, having all sufficiency in how many things? In all things that you may have an abundance for every good work. Now, now church, get this today. Put your hand on your forehead and pray. Say, God, help me to get this. In Jesus' name. Help me to get this, God. Hallelujah. Sometimes we've got to pray for ourselves. Sometimes we don't get it. The, the preacher preaches it, the word of God says it, and we don't get it. God is, number one, God's able. He's able to do what? He's able to make grace abound, not, not a little, toward us, always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now, now in your notes, there's going to be three levels of living. I want us to kind of break this down. We're not going to take a lot of time here. I've, I've got a few minutes to cover this. There's three levels of living. The first level of living is the level of sufficiency. Everybody say sufficiency. Sufficiency is really referring to our needs. You know, having the sufficient amount to make it. Ha having enough to make it. I, I want to encourage someone here today that really God is more than enough. There's the Old Testament um, compound name of God. He's called El Shaddai. He's the all-sufficient one. He's the God who's sufficient. He's enough for whatever you're going through. Amen? He's the all-sufficient. He's the El Shaddai in your life. He's the provider in your life. He, you can trust this God because he's all-sufficient. Now, now, our fear is when it comes to giving, and I've had this happen to me, when it's, you know, time to give, and it's like, do I give? I need to give. Or do I need to be careful that I have enough at the end of the month? Sometimes the word of God says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Tithe is a tenth of our income. It says also to bring offerings. But, but maybe I can't give the tenth this month because I'm afraid. The devil will use fear. This is, there's going to be a test here. 
in this level of sufficiency. God's more than enough. God is the all-sufficient one. God will meet every need. Your money and your job is not your sufficiency. Your God is your sufficiency. You can't trust the company you work for. You can't trust your four, your, I'm going to say 401k, that's US. What is it in Canada? Your RRSP. You can't trust that, really. You can't trust the banks. Now, hopefully we can trust them a little bit. But really, we have to trust God. He is the one who is all-sufficient. So the promise in God's word that if we give freely, we will have enough to meet every need because he is the all-sufficient God. So the test. This is a needs test. Everybody say needs. I'm going to be tested in my finances. I'm going to be tested with my giving at the sufficiently level, su- sufficiency level. Am I going to put my needs in front of what God says to do with my finances? Or am I going to do what God says with my finances and rely on God to supply my needs? Are you going to trust the all-sufficient God and give according to the word of God? Or are you going to not give because you're worried about your needs? Everybody say needs. needs. We all have needs. We all have things that, that, that come up from time to time and we, we have needs. Some of you right now, you're worried about some of your needs. Some of you are being tested right now in the area of your needs. But you have to decide, if you're going to pass this test, you're going to decide, am I going to do what the Word of God says? Or am I going to not do what the Word of God says and take care of my needs? Serious business. That's the test that we're at. And I I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, if you pass the test of needs, you will move to another level. How How many want to move to the next level? I don't want to stay where I'm always worried about my needs. And, and I don't want to stay where I'm always like, oh, yeah, I'm just it's so tight from, from month to month and week to week. And I can hardly make, I, I don't want to live there. You don't have to live there. Because the Bible lets us know that there's an, a level that's next. It's the level of abundance. Everybody say Abundance. Hallelujah. I am so glad there's a level of abundance where there's always more than enough. Hallelujah. How how many want the abundance level? Okay, half of you don't want it. So I'm going to talk to the few of you that do. How how many want the abundance level? I want to have that level that, that there's extra. Now, some of you are already living in the abundance level. Like the, the sufficiency level, you know, you're, you're always battling with your needs. Some of you are there today. You're always battling with just enough, barely enough. Just what do I do? Do I pay my tithes or do I not pay my tithes? Do I give? Do I not give? And, and you're torn. That's a test. And when you pass that test, you're going to get to the level of abundance where you got some. Now, now here's the level that many of you are living on is the abundance level because if you've got more in your bank account at the end of the month than what you need, I'm telling you, here in North America, we are the land of abundance. 
We are rich people. We are people that we've got so much. We, 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 are, we are blessed. We are living with abundance. Now, now the problem with this level of abundance is most people, when they get to the level of abundance, they think that all the extra belongs to them. Okay? I've done this. It's for me. I want a new Apple Watch, so I'm going to go buy a new Apple Watch. That'll cost me what, Luke? $500? Something like that? I got it. I can go, I can go get it. I need a new, how many, any golfers in the house? Okay, there's, there's some. I, I need some new golf clubs. Ladies, I need a new outfit. Need a new pair of shoes. Need a new purse to go with it. You've got extra, right? So the extra is all mine. I can do whatever I want with the extra. We get caught up with the extra. But I want to tell someone here today that God gives us extra. He doesn't want us to not have any nice things. He doesn't want us to, he's, he's not saying don't, don't do some things for yourself. But he's saying don't use all, everybody say all, all, all the extra on you. We're to take some of the extra and we're to sow it back into the kingdom of God. We're to sow it into ministries that are going to propagate the gospel. We're going to sow it into the church that's going to help spread the gospel in Burlington. We're to sow it into missionaries that they're going to take the gospel to areas of the world that I'll never go to. So the test is our, what is it? Greed. Now, that's a heavy word. God, God says, you, you know, do your part with the tithes and give me some offerings, and the, the, really the rest is yours to manage. But, but I believe that God wants us to get us to the place where I don't believe that all the extra is mine. Okay? I believe God's going to get us to the place where, and, and, and I, I think the North American church, I'm not just saying life church is this way. I'm saying the North American church as a whole, they don't have this principle. They need to understand that the extra that God is flowing into your bank account, the extra that God is flowing into your retirement savings, the extra that God is flowing into your whatever, the increase. You've got abundance. You're deciding what, what vacation you're going to take next. Don't, don't stop taking vacations. Don't stop going on trips. Don't stop buying nice things for yourself. But, but it all doesn't belong to you. When we live in abundance, the plan from God is that we would give some of that back to the kingdom of God, to missions, to the youth ministry, to special needs and special projects, so that God's kingdom can be expanded in North America and around the world. Let's clap our hands and thank God. So the test is your greed. Are you willing to get past it all being for you? That's the test. If you ever get past the test of greed, 
It's all for me. No, it's not all for me. I'm going to give some. I'm going to, I'm going to, God's going to speak to me. I'm going to feel promptings of the Holy Spirit. And God's going to help me to, to know what ministries and what areas to, to give some money to. I'm going to, I'm going to sow seed in certain parts of ministries to let the work of God continue. When God speaks, be quick to give. When we're, we get to that point, we're going to move to another level. This is the, the, the premium level. It's the level beyond our needs and beyond our greeds. It's the level of seed. Everybody say seed. Paul's language in 2 Corinthians, he's talking about sowing and reaping. It's farmer language. This is the language he's using. It's the language of seed. Sister, actually not sister, brother, put up the next picture on the screen there. This is the the option for a farmer. A farmer has, he, he's, he's gathered the wheat and he's got a sack of wheat at his house. Now he might have many, but let's just use one for an example. That farmer has to decide, he's got two options with the sack of wheat. Option number one, let's grind that bag down to flour, let's make bread and let's eat our way through this year. What are they doing with the seed? They're consuming it all for themselves. And when you consume the seed, at the end of the year, what's left? Nothing. You've eaten the harvest. That's the first option. That's not a good option. When it's all for you, and you spend all the extra on you, you've not sown any, for the multiplication process to take place. But if you take some of that, let's say you take half of the seed and you use it on you, you pay the bills, you take care of buying some new clothes and some new whatever you need, and and you take care of some of that, and you take the rest of it, I'm not saying half, I'm just saying whatever portion, and, and you sow that portion. Wow. The end result of sowing seed is there's going to be a harvest that's going to come at the end of that season. And there's going to be a reaping that takes place. And you're going to have way more seed than you had last year. So this test, it's a test of sowing. When you have abundance and when you get to the whole sowing processing process, will you sow bountifully or will you sow sparingly that is the test look down at um second corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10 now you're saying well you know people get really kind of un- uncomfortable when pastors talk about this I-, I hope you're not uncomfortable i hope i'm doing this in such a way that you you're getting it look what the, look what the promise is second corinthians 9 and 10 paul is telling us He's trying to help us here. He said, now may he, who's the he? God. May may God who supplies seed to the sower. Stop right there. Who does God supply seed to? The sower. If you're a keeper, if all that bag of seed is mine, is God going to supply you any seed? He doesn't say God's going to supply seed to the keeper. He's going to supply seed to the sower. And he goes on to say, God also supplies 
bread for food. So if, I, if I'm sowing bountifully, God's going to supply me seed to the sower. He's going to supply me bread for food. He's going to take care of your, your needs. He's got that covered. He's God. He is God Almighty. He's not just a little God. He, he's the Almighty God. He's the all-powerful God. He can do miracles. He can do signs. He can do wonders. He can make things happen out of nothing. That's the God we serve. So if we sow, God promises, look at the next phrase, to supply and he promises to supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Not the seed you've consumed, the seed you have sown. Hallelujah. And he's going to increase the fruits of your righteousness. Praise God. We have to take God's word as the truth. The Bible, I believe it. I believe the promises in it. And I'm trying my best as an individual, as a child of God, as a pastor, to live by this. Because I want to receive everything God has for me. I want God to let me be the conduit that he can flow blessings to other people through. I don't want to always be at the need level where it's me always being in need. I want to be to the point where I have abundance and I'm sowing bountifully and God is flowing grand, abundant, abounding resources through me. Anyone else desire that today? I desire that today. So as I conclude, four, four laws of the harvest. Now this is not profound, okay? It is profound, but it's really simple. Law number one. You reap what you sow. If you sow corn, what are you going to reap? Corn. You sow wheat, what are you going to reap? Okay, you sow some money into the kingdom of God, what are you going to reap? Money. Increase. This is the law that was established at creation. Genesis chapter 1 and 11 says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass. And herb that yields seeds, and let the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. Verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Things multiply after their kind. You don't plant an apple seed and reap oranges. This is a law that God instituted back in Genesis chapter 1 as he was creating this earth. He, he's saying that like begets like. Kind begets kind. I'm telling you, whatever you sow, you're going to reap what you sow. Amen? A picture on the screen here for you. You know, this is a, a farmer in his field. Can you imagine if he was a farmer and he was in his field and he'd sown some corn? Would you think it'd be foolish of him to stand there and look around and, and why, why do I have wheat growing in my field? What's up with the wheat? That would be a foolish farmer to think that, you know, I, I've sown wheat, but I'm expecting corn. Right? Too often, believers, some of us have experienced this. We, we expect a harvest 
but we've never sown to receive that harvest. You're expecting something, but you've never planted that. So I'm challenging today, church, what are you sowing? Now, I want to I make a note here. We don't sow to get rich. We don't sow to get money. I'm not going to give to get. That, that's the wrong purpose. Everybody say that's the wrong purpose. It's not giving to get. It's giving to give. I want to give so that God returns it, he multiplies it, and I will have more to give. If God can find an individual today, maybe one, two, or 22, if God can find some individuals today that will get this principle, I'm going to give, not to receive. Now, there will be benefits with, with, with what you do. You'll, you'll get the benefits as well. But when you give, not to get, but to give, God will flow those resources through you. Law number two, you reap after you sow. This is really, really important stuff. Is, is it difficult for us to understand? We, we reap after we sow. You can't reap before. This is a principle that God has established as he put things into order. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. While the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be cold and heat. There's going to be winter and summer. There's going to be day and night. It's not going to cease. God established this principle. It's the law of the harvest that you're going to reap after you sow. There must be a seed time for there to be a harvest time. On the screen, the next picture. Imagine if this farmer was in his field and he, he, he's, he's wondering, like, what's going on? Like, why am I not reaping? Everybody else is reaping harvests down the street and down the, 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 the country lane. They're all having harvests. Why am I not getting a harvest? He's a foolish farmer if he thinks he's going to have a harvest. And he's waiting for a crop and he's never planted the seed. Sometimes believers, we think, okay, when I get that 100,000, I'm going to, I'll give. When, when I win the lottery, man, I, I will bless Life Church. No, you won't. You won't do it. Do you know why I believe that? Because we're not being faithful with the little. The Bible says if we're faithful with the little, he'll help us to be faithful with much. Next law, the, the law of the harvest. You reap more than you sow. Psalm 126, and I'm winding it up here, folks. Verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. This harvest increase, this is just one of the most amazing things about the harvest. If I sow seeds into the harvest, there's going to be a powerful increase that comes. And basically the psalmist is saying here, go back to that verse on the screen, Robert. It says if I sow in tears, I've got some seed and I'm sowing and I might be crying when I'm sowing. I might be sowing and I might, I might not even understand what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm giving, I might even have tears. 
But there's coming a day when the harvest comes, I'll no longer be crying. He said, doubtless shall come again with rejoicing. When the sheaves are coming in, I will no longer have tears. It will be a time of rejoicing. I might be sowing in tears, but I'm going to reap in joy. You know, this whole principle, it's just, it's fascinating. Um, on the screen, uh, here, here's a picture of some kernels of corn. If you just look at these kernels, like one little kernel of corn. Everybody say one. Okay, there's going to be, an, I'm going to tell you the answer for your blank, but just, just think with me for a moment. That one little kernel of corn is planted into the ground at seed time. The winds and the rains and the sun and the, the whatever happened through the season. And that one little kernel of corn starts to grow. And those corn stalks, I'm telling you what, anyone live near cornfields? They grow fast. You go by two weeks after the last two weeks and they, they jump like this. That one kernel of corn will produce a corn stalk and sometimes three or four ears of corn on it. If you take that one kernel and plant it on those four ears, you harvest those four ears, guess how many kernels you will get in return for planting that one kernel? Okay, I'll give you the answer. Here's your return. This is what it produces. One kernel of corn produces somewhere between 1,200 and 3,200 kernels of corn. Now, I'm not saying if you give a dollar, you're going to get 1,200 or 3,200. <laughs> God can do that. Okay? All I'm saying is, you're going to reap more than you sow. Everybody say more. What, what the promise is, you're going to always reap more than you sow. It's the law of the harvest. And then the final point. You reap in proportion to what you sow. On the screen, if you sow a little, you have a few corn seeds and you go up by the side of the house. There's not a picture. A house with some corn stalks by the side of the house. No, not that one. That's, 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 there we go. If you sow a few kernels of corn, you're going to reap in proportion to what you sow. I counted the stalks here. There's like 20-some stalks here. That guy sowed 20-some kernels of corn in the ground. He might have enough for one corn boil. That's all. One meal. I mean, that's a return. That's, that's a pretty great return. I love corn. Anyone like corn in the house? Good old cob of corn, buttered up, salt and peppered. And Man, that's good stuff. But if you sow a lot... You reap a lot. Look at the farm. Fields and hillsides covered with corn stalks. That farmer at the end of the season, when he reaps with his machinery, he's got thousands and thousands and thousands of bushels of corn. Okay. Everybody's standing. I'm done. I, I hope I haven't bored you today. So, we're here today, we're at different levels. I know that we're at different levels. I just want us to pass some tests. I want us to, to, to move past some things where we can, can move up a level. If you're at the need level, 
I want to tell you today, God can meet your need. God can take care of where you're at. God, God can supply where you're at. But it's time to move past the need level and, and to get to the abundant level. But I want to say, don't stay at the abundant level. That abundant level, you know, unless we get to the point where we're starting to understand it's not all for me and I'm going to give some away, that, that's a good place to be. But there's a level above that where we are at the seed level. And we understand that what God's flowing through me, it's not for me. It's for us to fund the kingdom of God. It's for, for God to use us to bless the work of God around the world. And that's where we sow bountifully. Uh, one, one final point in your notes. Here's what God wants us to get today. He, he's looking for us to be a conduit. He's looking for us to be a vessel that he can flow through. And here's what I know. God will get it to us if he knows that he can get it through us. I want to tell someone that today. I want you to receive that. God doesn't want you to live just in a, just a, a, a sparingly way. He wants you to live in an abundant way where the, you're abounding with the grace of God, where abundance is there. If he can get it through you, he will get it to you. And there's the byproduct of the blessings of God. When it's flowing through you, there's more for you to use what you need money for. There's blessings associated with this. So today I want you to lift up your hands. I've done my best to present this truth to you today. I want you to receive it right now. I want you to say, God, help me to get this right now. God, let this change my mind. Let this change my heart. Let this change how I do life. God, I want to be a, a resource. I want to be a, a vessel that you can flow through, God. Let me be a conduit for your blessings. God, don't let me always be the person in need, but God, I want to be the one that blesses somebody else. God, let it flow through us today. Receive that word today. for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, search Life Church, and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.